you went on walks hoping someone would kill you. Yeah. And it got that bad. What was that turning point where you said, you know what, I, I don't want to kill myself? Or I you don't know, honestly, die. it was this, man. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think I had like some kind of divine spiritual intervention. Hi, this is Shama Salson, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast. I'm here to inspire you as a teenager to overcome any struggle in life, whether it's anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, mental, physical challenges, issues at home, relationship issues, whatever it may be. I'm interviewing people every single week, people who are making an impact on their community, but they didn't start there. They had some type of struggle like you did, they overcame it, and they want to drop as much knowledge as possible to help you out. Before I move on with the interview, I want you to download the seven quick and easy ways to feel better about yourself. I have compiled these tips after my own experiences and from interviewing these different people. So if you're in a funk, you're feeling negative, go ahead, the link is in the description. I also want you to share the Teenage Impact Podcast with other teenagers who are in a funk that are going through some type of struggle. You never know who you can help. And the Teenage Impact Podcast is the best podcast out there for any teenage kid. Give it up for today's interview, Mark Metry. Mark is a 22-year-old entrepreneur. He, was, he grew up in a small town, but he was bullied for every reason you can think of. That formed anxiety, and depression. When he was in high school, he was making six figures thinking that money would make him happier. It didn't. When he turned 18, he had suicidal thoughts. He took walks hoping something would happen to him because he took those walks in rough neighborhoods. One of those walks, he felt like someone hugged him. He decided that he's going to overcome anxiety, depression, and obesity. Yes, he overcame all three of those, and now he was featured in Forbes. He has a podcast called The Humans 2.0 Podcast, where Apple ranks him top 100. He also got selected to be on the Amazon Prime TV show called The Social Movement. Today, he wants to talk about the habits you need to form to overcome depression and anxiety. Give it up for Mark Metry. So, Mark, you mentioned that you moved to a small town. Where was that small town when you were younger? So I was born in, uh, in Boston, Cambridge, Massachusetts, capital of the state. Ended up moving to a smaller town called Westminster out in uh, western Massachusetts. Super small town. has like 5,000 people. So 5,000 people, and you said it was pretty much an all-white town. How did you face bullying in elementary school? You know, I remember growing up and um, had my fair share of bullying and, and, and racism combined with that. You know, just like I think a lot of people, you know, one of my, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Dave Asprey, founder of a Bulletproof, you know, he was one time at this mastermind with a ton of other, like, super successful entrepreneurs. And the one similarity they found between all of them is they were all bullied in school. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I definitely got bullied, not so much like physical, uh, although that did happen a few times, uh, but it was mostly just like um, people saying things, people stealing my things and writing things down on them, just you know, different kinds of things like that. I think it was that. And also the fact that, you know, when you, are in an environment where nobody looks like you physically, you're just going to feel alienated if you're a kind of person. Uh, and so I had a lot of that going on. And also at the same time, you know, I also had some, you know, health issues developing. I had asthma, I had appendicitis. I had a lot of like autoimmune related things like with my skin, with sleep, with my gut, IBS, and I could never focus. I basically had ADD. And so I had a lot of those things going on and, and it just kind of made me uh, be like a super, just like retreated person from reality, just like go in survival mode. Any room I would walk into, it would just be like, you know, put your head down. You know, nobody wants to talk to you. Um, just sit in the back of the class. Like I was that kind of kid. And so how old were you? Probably like eight, nine, ten. 
eight, nine, 11, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And then where did your family move from? So I, so they were originally living in, um, in Lawrence, Massachusetts, which is okay. like, which is like, if you know Lawrence, it's pretty ghetto. It's like the most okay. dangerous uh, town city in, uh, in, in the state. So yeah, it was pretty interesting. And, but what, you said your family is from where? Oh, like originally Egypt. So they immigrated Egypt. here from Egypt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, you go into a small town of 5,000 people, you're different. You know, you, uh, you're Egyptian, uh, probably not many right. ethnic people in that town. And then you have no. all these physical conditions going on and people are bullying you, like writing stuff down. And when, what was your first experience with bullying and how did it affect you? You know, honestly, I'm, I, I'm not really sure. So yeah, man, I mean, I think, I think bullying was part of it, but, you know, I think bullying really exists in every aspect of life. Uh, and I think it just so happens to be super important because when you're a kid, you, you know, you don't really expect these things to happen until they happen. And so when they happen, you learn things and you're like, oh, this kind of person, you know, based on how they look or how they talk or just who they are, did this to me. I didn't even know that was a thing. And so you just born, you know, you just create connections in your head and that's how you create these fears that end up impacting you for the rest of your life until mm-hmm. you actually figure it out and you start to attack it head on. And how did you, how did you try to overcome bullying at a young age? Yeah. I mean, so at a young age, the way that I coped with it was just by playing video games and being on the internet. You know, that's funny because I, I did that and I would like code websites. I would code apps for like when the first iPhone came out. I did a, a ton of different kinds of that stuff. I started websites. I got on the internet. I just well, began how, learning. How you? Uh, when you I don't know, man. I was young. I was like maybe 12. And dude, here's the thing. I started a YouTube channel in like 2000, 2009. Yeah, I remember, you ended tell- up- I remember you telling me you started Yeah, YouTube. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And dude, it literally had over like 35,000 subscribers. That's not even the craziest part. I then end up discovering this game called Minecraft. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole long story, but long story short, I end up starting the world's number one Minecraft server over millions of people on our website, tens of thousands of premium members. Uh, I, you know, this thing becomes like a six figure business. I'm making like six figures now at like 15, 16, and all this stuff, all this kind of stuff is happening, but I was still kind of a loser. And like, as I grew up in high school, you know, I wasn't really getting bullied anymore. It was just kind of the after effect and the outcry of elementary and and middle school. I still sort of acted the same way. And the weird thing is, is like throughout my entire life, because I never had money, because like, you know, my parents didn't come here with much never really made any money before that. You know, I had before, I just always thought like, once I make money, my life is going to change and I'm going to be happy. (laughs) I'm going to be able to get the things that I want. When I made that money, I quickly realized that that's not the case at all. (laughs) And that, you know, I was still a loser. I still didn't have any self-esteem, still no confidence. But all of a sudden I made money now, but I was like, wait, my life didn't get better. And it just, you know, caused a little bit more confusion for me. But that's how I originally dealt with it. So I go off to college when I'm 18, right? And I go in there for computer science. I'm, I'm like slowly beginning to understand everything that I just told you, right? Because when you're at a young age and you're going through this, you, you don't actually think about this. You don't actually understand it. There's that great quote that says, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. And so I didn't know any of this stuff, stuff was going on. Like I didn't even know what the words anxiety or mental health or just like the fact that you could change things about life that just never never clicked into my brain but I go off to college I'm 18 and I have you know I have two different ideas in my brain okay I have this one idea of like this is who sort of this is like the like the survivor's identity this is like you know I'm a loser I suck I can't talk to people I don't have like there's just nothing good about me except for maybe the money but then I had this other idea in my head of like, you know, dude, you like you've done so many cool things in your life already that most people wouldn't even do. And so based on that, I was like, dude, I, like, like I, I began to think a little bit more and I was like, I wonder who I could be. 
there was like that, that thought that it was just lingering in the back of my mind for, since like forever. I wonder who I could be. I had these two ideas of I'm a loser and then you could do something different. What I did was I did, I did what a lot of people did uh, do, I think, every day, which is I have these two voices. This one is right. This one is no longer right, right? Like the loser is wrong. The you can do better is right. Instead of trying to choose this one and actually listen to that voice that's up here that says you can do these things, you could actually do it. What I began to do is I just didn't want to hear that because when you have to make a change that's that big, it can seem very bad. It can seem very afraid. Like you can be very afraid. It can be, it almost feels like you can't do anything about it. But what I realized is what I did in college was, you know, I tried to drown that voice out, right? And, you know, video games, binging Netflix, you know, I didn't really get into drugs and alcohol that much, but a little bit. And then the big one for me was food, was eating, right? So I binged eat. And dude, I was at one point, I was over 220 pounds in my life. And what, what age were you, um, you said you, you suffered from obesity or what age? Was 18, that? 18. This is it. So this is when I go off to college and, and you so know, this, really is, this up- is after, after getting picked on, uh, for so long. So when you're getting picked on your kind of your positive outlet was video games, positive outlet was your YouTube channel and just kind of being in this bubble. Correct. Exactly. Away exactly. from everybody else. Right. Why did you put yourself in that bubble for so long? I mean, I think, I think one is, um, so, you know, I, so you said it was a positive um, outlet, right? And, yeah. I, and I guess, you know, compared to, you know, doing heroin, it is, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's debatable if it was positive or not. And, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, I don't have a problem against video games. I don't have a problem, obviously, with the internet or with YouTube channels or anything like that. But I think the reason honestly why I didn't change was because I was getting rewarded for it. Right. So even before the money, you know, when you play a video game, you get rewarded for it. Instant gratification. Right. You get, you know, plus plus ten points, plus thirty points, you rank up, oh my God, you get a new suit of armor, you get weapons. And again, I have nothing against video games. I think they can be a healthy outlet if you have some other things down in your life. But And on top of that, and then when I did start making money, it's like, why would I actually do something different? Because, you know, what I was your YouTube channel on video games, video games. Okay. Yeah. And and what I was going to say is what I realized is the reason why I didn't change before is because I wasn't in pain or I was, but I was just trying to drown myself in comfort. I was trying to drown myself with not feeling that pain, whether it was food or video games or you know, even I would say, I think social anxiety could even be a coping mechanism uh-huh. because you're basically saying to yourself, like, why would I sit in this classroom and, you know, raise my hand or just talk to people next to me and be the real me, or I could just play it safe. Nobody can hurt me. And I could just not talk and just look down. So, I mean, that's another coping mechanism. So yeah. So, so this stuff in college begins to happen. I'm 220 pounds. Uh, my social anxiety gets way worse at this time. I'm like, isolating myself i just go from class to back and i just watch netflix it got to a point where it got um you know pretty difficult i didn't really know what to do so what i did was i go outside and i just take these walks at like midnight at 2 a.m because i didn't know how to stop the pain how to stop all this crap that was going on in my head and so i was just like yo i'm gonna walk outside and i was living in boston at that time you know boston's a great city but it's also neighboring another city called dorchester and Dorchester is a not so great place, a lot of gang violence, a lot of shootings. So basically for me, what I said was, I'm going to start walking outside and I just hope somebody kills me. I hope somebody just ends my life because I don't really know what's going on. All I know is that I just want this to stop. And again, I couldn't see this when this was happening, right? You can't see the picture when you're in the frame. You don't actually understand that this is going on while it's happening. You're only able to kind of think about these things years after uh, they sort of happen when they do. And so, and so, yeah, man. So, you went on walks hoping someone would kill you. Yeah. And it got that bad. What was that turning point where you said, you know what? I, I don't want to kill myself. Or I you don't know, honestly, die. it was this, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think I had like some kind of divine spiritual intervention. Uh, on one night when I was out on one of those walks, I remember like the streets were completely silent. There was nobody on the road. You know, I wasn't on my phone or anything. I was just walking. It wasn't listening to music or anything of the sort. And all of a sudden I just, I like felt or heard just like this incredible silence. And in that silence, for the first time, I heard the sort of real voice, the real Mark, the real me that's always been there, speak up a little bit. And I don't, I don't exactly know like the kind of words that it said, because it's not, uh, it's ineffable. You can't describe it with language. But I think what it made me do was it just gave me hope. It made me curious. It gave me this feeling that there was something past the everyday mundane black and white reality that we all see out of their out of our eyes and there's something much deeper than that um and so that you know that wasn't like a massive turning point for me like i didn't go home and just change my whole life around but that to me that was like that was like one of the first sort of uh stages that began to happen on my story that just made me stop that and i was like wow like what am i actually doing here and so yeah that was that was the first kind of step man and then so it was, it was, it was like, you know, you're walking and then all of a sudden you felt relaxed. All of a sudden I just like felt like all of a sudden I just, I just realized there was no noise. Uh-huh. Like there was no noise whatsoever. It was utter silence. Like almost as if I was just like lifted out. And then, and then all of a sudden I just felt, um, I like that feeling of relaxed, but the way that I describe it to people is it felt like somebody just hugged me and I was just like, wait, wait, what? And it, again, I'm not trying to like make this sound dramatic. Like it, I didn't have some kind of like, you know, epiphany, like the clouds didn't part from the skies. It was just like this very subtle thing that happened. And I didn't even know what it was when it happened, but it just made me think twice. And it was that sort of made me think twice where I just stopped and I got a little bit more curious and I got a little bit more hopeful of, you know, that today wasn't going to be worse than tomorrow. And like, here's the thing, man, I think people do these things like, you know, trying to commit suicide or even other horrible things is because they're hopeless. They think that tomorrow is going to be no better than today. And if you have that belief, you're screwed. And another part on top of that, bro, is like, this is what I also realized. When this whole thing was happening, this was actually a good thing. You know why? Because what I realized, and you know, I know this is a very serious topic. And I, you know, I've lost a lot of people to suicide. I'm not joking about it. But it's actually a good thing when your brain says, I need to end this. I need to commit suicide. And what I'm saying is this, your brain and body and your life, and if you believe in kind of some larger spiritual identity, you're trying to find a way to kill off like the first version of yourself, all the things that you don't like about yourself that have happened. And your brain is trying to figure out a new way to do that. And here's the thing, man. So many people are trying to think their way to to success or happiness. You can't think your way there. You have to burn your way there. That's what a lot of people don't understand. And so that I think that feeling of wanting to commit suicide is, is actually a good thing. Your brain and body is trying to update. Like the same way that software and, and apps on our phone, there's a version 1.0 and there's a version 2.0. That's what your brain is trying to figure out what to do. And if you haven't learned any healthy coping mechanisms and skills to do that, which in our education system, they don't teach kids that at an early age, you don't know what to do. So you're just trying to, to find out what is going to fix your pain. That could be video games. That could be drugs. That could be food. That could be TV. One of them could be suicide. And it's like, no, that's not the right way. But if somebody has that, that's, that's a good thing in and of itself, I believe. That's powerful. That is so powerful. It's, it's crazy that you said that because you didn't have this awakening and all of a sudden your life didn't change. It, it's a process. When you had that moment where you felt like someone yeah. gave you a hug, what did you do right after? Did you yeah. decide to maybe lose weight or what was that? Yeah, so, so that's the thing, right? That's exactly what I did. Right. And the reason why is because of this, right? The way I could see that in physical reality, right? Like you can see that you've gained weight. And here's the thing. I didn't even know until one day I tried to put on one of my pants and I realized it wasn't really fitting. It was tight. And so I remember I, I like had this moment where I looked at myself in the mirror 
And I was just like, wait, 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 what, like what's even going on? Right. And so what I began to do was I just began to tackle that one thing. Right. So I went on the internet and I was like, yo, how do I lose weight? Right. And I got bombarded by information, but eventually, you know, I ended up stumbling across like real science that shows how you can lose weight, which is based on, you know, what you eat. Uh, And I began to, for the first time in my life, I began to eat uh, like a whole natural diet of just like vegetables, just anything that comes from the ground or anything that walks around, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, fats from animals, different things like that. I began to eat that stuff for the first time in my life. And I mean, that gave me so much energy. I felt like my brain turned on for the first time and I lost all the weight. That was just a byproduct of that. But what really happened is I gained energy. And what happens is, bro, when you gain energy, all of a sudden you're like, huh, I have more energy. Let me, I don't know, let me start walking more. So you start walking more and then you're like, yo, let me start running. So then you start running and then you might start hitting the gym. And then after that, after you're good at exercising, then you're like, you know what, you know, my body's super tired out. And then, and then guess what? You end up sleeping well for the first time in your life. You know, growing up, I had major sleep issues. And so that was the first time when I began to sleep well for seven to eight hours. And so once you got this stuff going on and your, and your physiology starts moving, what ends up happening is you just gain more energy and you're like, yo, what else can I do? And you begin to see who you really are, right? Imagine if I was on this interview with you right now and I had no energy because of the food that I was eating or because of my lifestyle. I, I literally could not talk like this, right? I literally could not be myself, right? And so that's what I realized. And it's like, when that happens, all of a sudden, now you're looking for new things to do. And it's like, yo, let me go read a book for the first time in my life, which was the first time I ever read a book in my life which was 18, 19, when I was sort of going through this. And then I was like, hey, let me start applying these things that are in these books. Oh, hey, let me do meditation. Let me do mindfulness. Let me start journaling. And then all these things become a runaway train. And I mean, it's led me to where I am today. And I mean, there's so much more into that. But, you know, that's really how it happened. That's, that's, that is such an amazing story. And that's what your podcast is about. You mentioned you know, a lot of people want to commit suicide because they're, they're trying to get rid of the first version of themselves. But you right. slowly transformed into human 2.0, meaning like your second version of yourself when you start to lose weight. But for those people who want to end their life thinking, hey, there's no way out. They don't know what to do. They feel hopeless. What would you tell those people? Yeah, this is what I would say. Go volunteer or travel to some extreme area. So like what I'm saying is, depending on the situation, of course, if you go volunteer at like a homeless shelter and you know you just you you don't think about yourself and you just see other people's life, that is the fastest thing that's gonna give you hope. Other people's lives. Um, I don't know if you're big into hip hop. Or, or rap. I love hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, dude, have you ever, have you heard that song "One Eight Hundred by Logic, oh, where it's the suicide hotline number? So, dude. So, in the song, the you know, if I remember correctly, it's like, you know, I you know, I I don't it, basically like you know, I don't I don't feel like living for life. I like I don't I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I want to die. I want to die. I want to die. And then what happens is in the second part of the song he switches and it's like, I'm going to live today because I want you to live today. And so if you can see the struggle and the tragedies of humanity, and if you can't go volunteer at a homeless shelter, go volunteer at like a retirement home where you're going to see 80 year olds that have dementia and don't even know their family's names. And you're like, holy crap, you know, is, is what I'm thinking about, is that really going to, you know, should I really be afraid of what this person says or what that person says? If I know I'm going to die and at the end, I'm just going to be sitting on my bed. Does it really matter? Go travel to like Syria. Like, I don't know, like go, 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 go to these places. And you're going to quickly realize that that's the truth. And here's the thing. The reason why I say that is because obviously I'm a big proponent for kind of like self-care doing things, you know, for, for yourself. That's big. But here's the thing, man. If you spend too much time focusing in on yourself, you're always going to find problems. I mean, I'm sitting right here too. And it's like, 
if you like, if I sit, if I sit in front of here and I look at myself in the mirror, my brain is going to constantly come up with problems and issues that are on my face, even if it thinks they're gone for one second. And so honestly, sometimes it's best to not think about yourself a lot and just actually go try to help other people. And in that, you're going to actually find who you are. And Gandhi has a great quote on this. It says, lose yourself in the service of others. And when you begin to see that, you begin to realize that they're actually going to end up giving you power. And once you do that, you kind of start the cycle of trying to do better because you want to do better for those other people. That, that's so true because I've noticed between, I would say, the 20 interviews I've done so far, a lot of them, the first version of, self, of themselves, they did not like. But as soon as they're killing off, you know, the first version of themselves and going on to the second version, and they actually want to live and want to do better, most of them, if not all of them, feel better because now they found a purpose to live. Hey, I'm doing something that's going to impact other people's life. Whether it is personal development, whether it is building a business or brand, whether it's for the kids, whatever it may be, they're finding a reason other than themselves to live. And if you decide to take that away, you're never going to find that reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, I totally agree. And, and, you know, I would even say that, um, you know, and I think there's even a deeper side to it too. Right. So I think a lot of it has to do with other people because that's just how the way that, that we, that we work. Uh, and I also think there is a deeper part of it of like, I'm also trying to be, you know, trying to have, like my purpose is also to, you know, whether you believe in God or you have some sense of spirituality or the universe you know, there's also that relationship too of like, there's also something much deeper than every single person that, you know, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in like, you know, being the best version of yourself. And at the end of your life, you know, you're going to actually see what was possible for you, whether you believe in heaven or some kind of afterlife. So I think that's, I think that's massive, man. And I also think that just realizing too, that, you know, we are all energy, uh, you know, we are, we all come from stars. We all come from stardust and everything in this earth is connected. And I think that, you know, as humans, we're sort of the brains of the universe, but we are the universe. And so if you can understand that you are the universe experiencing itself and you are infinite and you're like a God, but you're also a piece of dust in the grand scheme of things you kind of gain a real sense of like motivation, just inspiration all the time with, you know, with also humility and also realizing that it's not you, it's not your ego. This is just the way that sort of life works. And the better that you can do, the better that other people around you can do. And it's not actually about you. It's about everybody and everything. And so it's like kind of having all these different, for me at least having these different kinds of understandings of kind of why I'm alive and my kind of purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a double purpose, like, hey, you know, I have a bigger purpose than myself, but guess what? I'm also a small thing in the history of this universe, a very, very minuscule thing in this universe. But before we, uh, before we go into your transformation part, let's, let's go back and talk about um, when you were younger. You said you mentioned you have a learning disability and physical health disorder. What were those? So, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was never like diagnosed with learning disability, um, but I like just my brain just didn't work. Um, like when I stepped into class, I could never focus. I could never remember anything. When a teacher called me out, it wasn't because I was busy. It was just I literally didn't know how to think about it. Um, and so I don't I'm not really sure. Um, you know, m- maybe I have some kind of, um, you know, neurological issue or, or whatnot, maybe ADD. Um, I also had uh, asthma, IBS, appendicitis, insomnia, uh, issues with like my urinary system, uh, just a lot of issues that are all classified under autoimmune disorder. So yeah, that's what I had. Mm -hmm. How I, I know IBS has a lot to do with not just what you eat, but a lot to do with anxiety. 
how did you did you get did you get rid of it? Yeah. Yeah, so- I'm, uh, yeah. So I'm so when I like when I was 19 in like the midst of all this transformation and when I lost weight and when I started doing all these things, I mean I went to all my doctors and they 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 ran tests and they're like, "Yeah, we don't know what happened, but just like literally everything that you have is gone." So I don't take any kind of medicine or anything of the sort. All holistically healed uh, by myself. What would you say helped it? You know, like, so like, I mean, like you said, you know, it's any kind of stomach issue, any kind of digestive issue is usually correlated to anxiety, usually correlated to your brain. And if you actually look at it, you know, there's this thing called the vagus nerve. And this is a nerve that goes from your gut and it goes to your brain. And there's one that goes from your brain and it goes to your gut. And so if you look at it, our gut and our brain are constantly talking to each other. And, you know, we all have human brains, but here's the thing, bro. What I never realized is this. The average human has, um, I believe it's 20,000 human genes in our DNA. Do you know how many bacterial genes are in our body? Up to two to 20 million bacterial genes of DNA. So you look at that and you look at the gut microbiome and we actually have trillions of bacteria, fungi, mold, uh, yeast living inside of us through that have developed through a symbiotic relationship through millions of years of our existence. And if you look at our, if you look at a human cell, if you look at an animal cell, mitochondria is actually an ancient bacteria that formed a symbiosis with the human cell. And so we not only have this bacteria in like our stomach and our intestines that help us literally digest our food, but we also have these in every single cell. What does mitochondria control? Energy. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And so what happens is your body is in a state of dysbiosis, which means your gut microbiome is unbalanced and it's not working correctly. This could come for a variety of reasons. Trauma, stress, eating the wrong kinds of foods, not sleeping, not really moving your body the way that we were created to move it. All these different things can really, um, you know, mold. All these different things can really affect IBS in your stomach and actually create them. Um, And here's the other thing. People talk about drugs. People talk about gateway drugs. You want to know what the biggest gateway drug to anxiety is? Sugar. Oh my Simple sugars. And what I'm saying is this, okay? If you actually look, this is, again, this is just science. This is not me talking. If you look at a graph of somebody's, of the average person's daily glucose level, which basically controls your energy and controls your mood, and then you look at a, a graph of somebody's energy and mood that has bipolar disorder or anxiety, it entirely mirrors it. It's the same exact thing. And some people can eat sugar and not have a problem in the short term. But guess what? They're probably going to get diabetes or dementia or some other serious chronic illness down the road. But the fact that if you eat sugar and you feel anxious, which is, that's what it is because when you eat sugar, it's energy, right? And so you eat that energy so your brain can use it up with anxiety. It needs all that energy. It's not that you have low energy. You have a ton of energy, but it's just being used on anxiety. That's where your brain is using it. And so if you are eating things like sugary snacks, you go to like, you know, Starbucks and you get one of like those, you know, like those massive drinks with like all that sugar and the frosting and all this crazy stuff that most people (laughs) eat, right? Like, and, and, you know, I used to do this stuff too. And, And even if you do, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Sugar is the biggest drug, I think, for mental health disorders by far. And I mean, I can get into some other things, but it's, it's like, if you look at that, it's such a big disruptor, especially artificial chemicals and artificial ingredients in general, sugar and industrialized oils. Those are known, known to destroy your microbiome. And here's the craziest part, bro. I didn't even get into this. People talk about neurotransmitters. People talk about serotonin and dopamine, right? Well, guess what? 95% 95% of our serotonin is produced in our gut, not in our brain. And that is key for happiness and for social function and for just energy. And so it's like, you look at that 
it's all about what you eat. It's all about what you eat, 100%. It's, it's so true because I've heard it time and time again to change the, your food patterns. And it's funny because I cut down coffee significantly. I still drink coffee, you know, maybe a two or three times a week. But I cut it down from maybe drinking it 15 times a week, you know, twice a day. Wow. And I have way more energy drinking a few cups of coffee a week than drinking 14 cups of coffee a week. But isn't coffee supposed to give us energy? No, you're relying. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, here's the thing, bro. Here's the thing that I've noticed. Like, depending on the person, coffee can be like a superfood. Coffee can be one of the most beneficial things that you can drink because of its antioxidant levels. Um, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Bulletproof Coffee, but I mean, it, yeah. Bulletproof Coffee basically saved my life. But here's the thing. There's no such thing as a universal healthy diet. And literally yesterday, I was just having a conversation with like a, a famous author that talks all about our biochemistry. And he was literally telling me there is a percentage of the population that is allergic to coffee. And I've gotten tested and I found out that my caffeine metabolism is way faster. So what that means is if I drank a normal cup of coffee, and I'm generally speaking like a fast drinker, if I drink a normal cup of coffee, I'm going to get so much energy because my brain metabolizes like that. I literally feel like high uh -huh. and it can cause anxiety. And what happens is there's that crash after. But like one thing that's really helped me is I drink, I drink coffee every day, but I drink bulletproof coffee. I don't know if you've heard of it, but basically it is grass fed butter and this thing called MCT oil, which is just coconut oil, but in a stronger form. And so what happens is those are loaded up with a ton of healthy fats. And so what happens is because it has all that fat, it slowly hits the caffeine. It slowly releases the caffeine in your body. And so for me, drinking Bulletproof Coffee has totally changed my life. But for coffee, it could be one. I mean, dude, for somebody else, it could be rice. It could be wheat. It could be corn. It could be, it could be butter. It could be, it could be a thousand different things, bro, because there is no such thing as a universal healthy diet. And here's the other thing. I want to show you this. So honestly, man, you know, people talk to me about anxiety and after doing so much research on my own, this is the number one thing that I can send people at. So here's the thing. Everyone has a different diet, right? Not everyone's gut is the same. You can get your gut tested, your gut microbiome tested. Um, and actually a, a friend of mine who's like this billionaire, he actually started this company where he licensed technology from the U.S. government that is the world's only functional gut microbiome test. And so like, here's the thing that I learned, bro. Look at this. I can't have these kinds of foods. So I don't know if you can see that, but look, I'm actually allergic to certain kinds of foods. So almonds is one of the foods that I'm allergic to. And but, it's for a very specific reason. I mean, what happens to you when you have almonds? Can you tell that you're allergic or is something? So, so here's the thing. So almonds, I was eating almonds like every single day, but I, I had no idea. How do you, how do you get those tests? Uh, so if you go on uh, Viome, V-I-O-M-E.com, you can order a test uh, and it's done through like your feces, like a stool test. And I'm not, I'm not affiliated with this company anyway, but, and, but like, here's the thing, bro. Another one on my list is oats. Okay. And here's the thing. I never used to eat oats, but just one day randomly I did before I got this test and I ate oats. And then all of a sudden I looked down at my hand and my entire hand is just like shedding skin. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But here's the other thing that I want to grab your attention towards, bro. You know, you know, like, you know how if somebody's allergic to peanuts, right? And they eat peanuts and they might get a rash or they might puff up. Well, guess what? Anxiety and depression can be a symptom of you eating the wrong kind of food. Like that can just be a, another symptom. But instead of your skin puffing up, you could all of a sudden, your brain start moving. Or you could all of a sudden have no energy and feel like crap. And you might associate that with having depression or anxiety but it could just be a food that you're eating. And in today's world, bro, where you can go to your 
cafe and just about buy anything, we're living in a pretty dangerous world. Especially with, to- especially with the schools. You know, when we go to like elementary school, middle school and high school, the cafeteria, what do you see people eating? Pizzas, burgers. Chicken fingers. Ch- chinko- French fries. Chicken fingers. You know, chocolate milk. Pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like all these different things, which is okay to eat once in a while, but when you make right. it a, a daily habit of eating the wrong types of food. I used to wonder, you know, after lunch, the class after lunch was the time I felt the sleepiest. And I right. never understood it. I, I always thought to myself, why am I feeling so sleepy? Now I fall asleep in statistics class or whatever class was after. And I thought it was because of the subject. But then as I grow older, I realize it's the foods I'm eating. Yeah, 100%, man. And it's, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. And this is the thing, man. This needs to be talked about more. Like, I'm trying to bring this conversation into mental health. Because, dude, I'm telling you, bro, this is probably the number one biggest thing that you have leverage over in your life that you can start doing, even if you don't have a good mindset. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, man, you can build the mindset, but the mindset is built on top of your biochemistry, your physiology, your psychology, your psychology, your community, your family. Those are, that's what it's built on. And so even if you aren't in a positive mood, even if you're listening to this and you don't have a good mindset and you don't know why, literally start eating healthier and watch what happens. And, and like, again, just understand there is no such thing as a universal healthy diet. So if you're trying to like use AI technology to figure yourself out, then I recommend getting Viome. It's completely changed my life by far. How like much does far. it cost? So honestly, I'm not sure. It, dude, the test used to be originally when it very first came out, it used to be like $10,000. And then they brought it down to a thousand and they brought it down to like 500 and then they brought it down to 400. And then I'm just trying to check right now. Now I think it is uh, it's 150. Well, it's not bad. I mean, dude, and, I'm and telling it, tells you, though, you, like, it tells you every food allergy you have. Yeah. So literally, so this is the way it goes. It just, literally tells you what foods you need to completely avoid. And it specifically tells you why, and it tells you what they're doing. Okay. So based for example, off of your, yeah. So based off your feces, which is linked to your gut microbiome, which is trillions of bacteria and how they're digesting your food and what impact they're having. So for example, almonds, the reason why I can't eat almonds is because they're high in this thing called phytic acid. My body, it doesn't know how to use phytic acid correctly. So what happens is, when that builds up in my system, it impairs the absorption of essential nutrients in my body. So what does that mean? So that means if I'm eating super healthy already, but I'm eating almonds and I'm eating these things that are causing my gut to not be great, then I'm going to lose out on those nutrients. I'm going to lose out on how my body even digests them in the first place. And so, I mean, it's massive. I mean, I, I sort of got Viome later on in my life when I was already starting to eat healthy, but I didn't have an exact plan. You know, I, at first it was like, don't eat any carbs. And then it was like, only eat these kinds of carbs. And then it was, but then, it, you know, it always had to change, but this actually gives you like a legitimate plan. And, and what I'll tell you is what I've noticed improve, definitely more energy, specifically in the afternoon. I sleep way better. And here's the biggest thing, right? So for the most part, my anxiety is, is something under my control, okay? But what I realized is when I started speaking at events and stuff, sometimes my stomach would rumble and I would get butterflies in my stomach, but it would actually hurt my stomach, which hasn't happened to me. And so ever since I started doing Viome, that's completely stopped happening. Like I'll literally be about on a stage about to talk to like, 500 people and I don't have any butterflies in my stomach or I will, but in a good way, you know what I'm saying? Uh huh. And what's your diet like now? I mean, my diet is, um, it consists, I mean, I really just try to eat, um, just like vegetables and just eat a lot of fat and, 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 and like fruits and different kinds of carbs too. Like right now I'm actually trying to like gain muscle and I'm trying to get ripped and so I've been eating way more, uh, but that's that can be a little hard to do when you're eating all natural foods because generally speaking, do you eat any they're meat? all, yeah, 
Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, this is the thing, man. So a lot of people talk about meat. A lot of people talk about going vegan and, uh, and plant-based. I think that's great. I think that can be right for some kind of people, but honestly, I think for the large majority of people, you should be eating meat. I don't think going plant-based is a hundred percent healthy because if you just look at the science of, you know, what happens to your body when you start eating sustainably raised eggs and fish and beef uh, and things that, you know, are organic grass fed, that are fed a great diet that are able to run around. I mean, dude, it has the ability to completely turn on your brain. And I mean, I can point you to study after study. There's this one, for example, that was done in Australia called the smiles study where they took a group of specifically women and they actually found out that a woman has a five, I need to reference this, I think it's five or 10 times more likely risk of developing a mental health disorder if they don't eat red meat twice or three times a week. And so, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there in, in a world of everybody saying to go vegan and plant-based. Again, I think it can be healthy, but I just don't think it's good for everybody, specifically for mental health. Okay, cool. So what you're saying is everyone has their own diet and you shouldn't try to replicate someone else's diet. Try to find your own. A hundred percent. And if you want to get super specific about it, use technology, use AI, use the exponential technology that we are the only people in history that have had access to if you really want to fine tune it. Besides that one test, is there uh, what other ways can you do it? Yeah, so, so here's the thing. So if you go to a functional doctor, a functional doctor, and you ask him, like, what tests do you think I should run? He'll be able to tell you, and he'll say, yeah, we can run a blood panel. We can run a, um, a nutritional deficiency. We can see what's in your bloodstream right now. Like, the doctor, like, specifically a functional doctor can tell you a lot of things. But, like, for people at home, I recommend getting – Viome, which is the gut microbiome test. And then also you can get a genetic test that can give you some kinds of information around food, but there's not too much on that, but there's a lot that you can have. And, and ultimately this is it, right? You need to be the CEO of your own health because here's the thing. Your health is something that is sacred. Your health is something that even if you have a ton of money, but you don't exactly know where to put that, you're not going to be able to get your health back. And something that important, you shouldn't just outsource it to like your normal checkup doctor that you go to. Like, honestly, you know, I fired my first doctor and now the doctor that I go to, literally the first question that he asks me is, what are you eating? Because I know that's a person who's actually done the research. They've actually have an understanding of holistic health and they know how important the diet is. So that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And now let's transition into maybe a couple more final questions, but not about what types of food you should eat, but what are you doing right now? Uh, tell us a little bit about the Human 2.0 podcast. Yeah, so yeah, man. So the podcast, I started that in 2017, and I really just started it kind of like haphazardly, didn't really take it seriously. I was like, yo, I'm just going to interview these people. And I would say, you know, I started it because I wanted to put myself in a self-development system, right? So I had started on kind of like my journey on my transformation and also my entrepreneurial journey. And I realized it's so hard and I don't, I don't have answers to these questions that I have and, and the solutions that need to be solved. What I realized is that the best way that I could reach out to somebody that's actually doing something in the world right now is by asking them, you know, to interview them, have some kind of value, uh, rather than just try to email them and say, you know, can I pick your brain? But I started this podcast and I only took it seriously at the beginning of 2018. And I just started to get more serious about it, started to post more, started to market it better, started to reach out to better and better people. I mean, long story short, like August of last year, 
uh, Apple ranked it in the top 100 in the world next to like Gary V and Tim Ferriss and all these great people. And, uh, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just a part of my life now and it's just become like a movement and it's crazy. And I mean, it's, it's the reason of, you know, why I think I'm professionally successful. And you're so, yeah. speaking next to Gary V soon too. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> this summer. Good for you, man. And then, and then what show you have an Amazon show coming out, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. So I got invited to be on this Amazon prime TV docu-series called the social movement. And basically the premise of the show is it's basically like a more conscious, responsible version of shark tank. So basically it's like, you know, Hey, all these people have these cool ideas of like, you know, the, the next Uber for dogs or whatever it is and they get funded, they might not get funded. But what we're actually going to do is we're going to try to solve the world's biggest problems in that similar time. So basically the way that works is there's four major global issues. There are four teams that have four people on them. And there's like judges and investors and all that stuff. And we basically have four days to solve a massive problem. And for us, for my team, it is to reinvent the education system. Wow. So that should be fun. <laughs> Man, let me know when that comes out. I would love to watch it. Yeah, it'll come out not not this summer, but the summer after that. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, what's your next steps after this? You're what, 22 years old? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm working on a book um, called Social Anxiety No More for, for shy people who don't want to be shy anymore. I'm working on that. I'm speaking a ton. I mean, I honestly have so many different kinds of uh, projects going on. I'm just like... I mean, I think life is just going to be crazy. And honestly, man, I think it's all about just creating habits that you can do every 24 hours. And then, you you know, three years down the road, you just look up and you're like, damn, how did all that just happen? And it's just like you showing up every day as your true self with hope and optimism that it'll, that some part of it will work out. And eventually some things work out, bro. And it's just like, you know, it's crazy, man. And I think the, the, honestly, the worst part about this stuff that's going on is that, you know, I'm afraid that people are going to, um, you know, just start putting me in the category of like successful people, you know, of like, oh yeah, dude, you know, he has an Amazon prime show, this, this, and that. And I mean, there's so many other things that are coming that I just can't announce right now. And I just hope that people don't put me in that box in their mind of like, oh, this person isn't like me. He hasn't gone through similar struggles. He's some kind of special or he was given to it or something like that. Some kind of an excuse that somebody else can create in their mind to get not to listen to me. And so that's a massive, massive, uh, just kind of thing that I've just thought interesting recently. Uh And you always talk about, you know, we're going to end with this question. You always talk about that no matter how busy you are and no matter what you're accomplishing, that you should make mental health a priority. How can people do that with the busy lives of going to school, their parents, family issues, extracurricular activities, their part-time job, trying to get into college? What is one or two things they can do? Yeah, so this is the big thing, man. I don't, you know, I don't think, you know, whether you call it mental health or you call it self-development or you call it success i don't think it's a one-two hobby that somebody can have and this and that's the thing so many people treat this like it's a hobby like this is a side like this is an extracurricular this is some kind of side habit that i just got to do on top of all the other things but it's like dude when you wake up and you actually realize how the world is you're going to quickly very fast realize that the only asset that you have is yourself and what does yourself consist of? Your body, your brain, your, you know, your spirit, if you believe in that. Um, and it's like, you have to take care of all three of those. And so as soon as somebody can wake up to that reality, you create time. And what I mean by that is this. You have, have you ever you know, found yourself you know, obsessed with a new app or obsessed with a new game? And what you're going to realize is like, you're going to carve out so many moments in the day where you're going to play on it or you're going to do it. But it's like, imagine if you took that same mentality and you actually applied it to your life (laughs) and the number one most important thing, which is you, right? 
I think that's the biggest thing for people to understand um, and not to approach it as like, if you do these one, two things, you'll end up, you know, mentally, um, you know, mentally healthy, but it's really just a, it's a lifelong campaign. It's a and game. It's a game. And, and it's like, you know, you don't play the game to, to get past level one. You don't play the game to get, to get past level two. You play the game to get past all the levels throughout the entire like game to, 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 to end it, to defeat it. And it's like, I mean, that never really ends in life. And so if you can understand that, then you stop looking for like these short minded ways to think about life, because that's actually how you never accomplish anything. Do you know how many people would want to be in the position that I'm in of like, you know, they start a podcast and they, they get on these interviews and, you know, they release five episodes and they're like, Oh, why aren't people listening? It's like, dude, I've literally put out over a hundred episodes before I even had people listening to my show. And it's just like, it's that same exact philosophy that you have to apply to in life. And it's just like, listen, what do you do throughout your day? Like, what do you, what, what do us humans, what do we have to do? Right. You have to sleep. There's no way getting around that. You have to eat, right. You have to eat and drink. There's no way getting around that. You have to move, right. There's no way getting around that. You have to breathe right? There's no way getting around that. And you have to talk to people. If you can take those five things and you can find out the things that you're already doing and find out what can I do just a little bit to just try a little bit better. Even if it seems weird at first, who can I talk to? How can I learn this? What can I do to get more curious about this? You know, if I'm going to sleep, I'm going to make sure I sleep to the damn best well of my ability. I'm going to sleep seven and eight hours. If I'm going to eat, I'm going to make sure everything that goes into my mouth is something that is making me strong, not the reverse, right? It's like, do you want to build your foundation on strong, fibrous tissue material? Or do you want to build your foundation on Doritos and Oreos? <laughs> so it's just like, you, you decide, you know, you got to make sure you move, right? So it's like, what does that mean? You got to understand that as humans, we weren't designed to sit inside all day and be on our laptops and just sit down all day. And it's like, even if you go to the gym early in the morning for like an hour, you also have to understand that moving just on a regular basis is a regular part of your life. You have to, you have to be able to breathe, right? So why is that important? It's like breathing, your breath is the anchor of your life. Mm-hmm. Your breath is what stays with you from the moment you're born until the moment you die. If you are able to breathe and really focus in on your own breath and be able to control it and just think about it, right? So many of us don't even think about our breath, right? Because Mm -hmm. our breath can be something unconscious, but it can also be something conscious, right? And so as soon as you remember that you have a breath, and you just start focusing in on it, like just up and down, you will get, you'll be more calm. And there's way more you can do with the breath. There's like breath exercises, there's breath techniques. I recommend people to check into them. And it's like, you've got to learn how to talk. So you can't be socially anxious. And there's so many different things that you can do on that. A big one is like exposure therapy. You can work your way up to talking to people. You can go out in the street and say, hey, excuse me, sir, to just a random stranger. Do you know how to get directions to here? Or do you know what the time is? You can begin to do these things to slowly be able to talk to people. But yeah, those are a few. Awesome. Awesome, Mark. You you talked a lot. The reason why this is probably one of my favorite episodes, because a lot of the people I interview talk about habits they should form, but not eating habits or health habits. A lot of them talk about, hey, going after your purpose and um, reading these types of books and surround yourself with the right type of people. But you actually talk about how to get to the core and what to put inside mm. your body to make sure you optimize your day to the fullest. And, and when you eat certain foods that you're probably not allergic to, not only do you have energy throughout the day, people will start to notice you right. as a person. 100%. And where, where can people find you, Mark? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you can, uh, I mean, I'm pretty big on like LinkedIn and Instagram. Look at my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Humans 2.0. You know, you can just, you can just Google my name, Mark Metry, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y. You'll see my website. You'll see everything. Awesome. And for my listeners who is tuning in for the first time, 
go ahead, subscribe to this podcast, rate and review. I, in the description, I will include Mark's contact information, but as well as my Instagram handle, go follow me at Shloma Sosin and DM me. Uh, join my close friends group because a lot of teens have been messaging me about different issues they're facing in their life. And in my close friends group, I'm going to talk about exclusive content that I don't share in any of my social media. So go ahead, DM me, join my close friends group.